Hey everyone, Tucker Dixon here with your weekly recap. I have to go over two weeks and I have to address a couple controversies before I begin. So let's talk about what happened with Carl and Eric Zane. Carl showed up at 4pm instead of noon. Screwing over Eric Zane watching this during his lunch break like I know Mr. Zane loves to do. Secondly, Vinny screwed over the audience and Mr. Zane by not playing my weekly recap in which I made some poignant and articulate arguments about how Eric Zane got screwed over the week before. Anyways, moving on to the actual creeps. Two weeks ago was Nerd Week, and Carl surprised everybody by bringing in Stan Lee. (laughs) Just kidding. That joke never gets old. (laughs) Just kidding. We see it coming every single week now. I don't know. He brought in a child diddler who put it up on YouTube or some shit. I don't remember. He blames society. Vinny, on the other hand, brought in an award-winning cosplayer, amateur filmmaker, a devoted husband, an avid adulterer, and a murderer. But this man had a deep, dark secret. He liked the Star Wars prequels. Oh, God. Last week was Wild Car Week with Eric Zane and No Carl. One of the best episodes ever. <laughs> Vinny brought in a guy who's just a doll maker who made some really creative dolls. And Eric Zane brought in one of the biggest creeps I've ever heard of. This man was an Australian. Anyways, Tucker out. What you're about to see is not suitable for kids. Shoot, it's not even suitable for some grown-ups. You might want to walk away now if you ain't into these type of things. I'm going to give the people what they want. Sensation, horror, shock. I'm going to deliver the goods because I'm alive and I'm not backing down. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Fuck yeah. Disgusting, vomit-inducing thing. Hola, creepos! Welcome to another edition of your favorite true crime podcast, the show about creeps, by creeps, for you creeps. It's the Creep Off. I'm your host, Vinny Paulino. Some of you may know me as the People's Champion. Excelsior at all my true believers out there, and this is my co-host, as per usual, Carl. What is happening, Vinny Paulino? It feels nice to be back to normal with you in the studio. It is nice to be back here. Cuz. Cuzaroo. Cuzaroo. And to the Carl Cuzaroos out there who support the show, we appreciate that. Thank you, guys. You're now, on the right side of history. And all of the rest of you, the Creepomaniacs and the Merry Marchers, great job. Now, I want By to the way, that second. Tucker Dixon thing at the beginning, awful lot of editorializing going on. During I that, feel I like noticed. he's... That wasn't just a recap. That seemed to be like taking some shots at people in there, too. It seemed. I was fine with it, except I disagree. <laughs> My creep was way worse than a guy who just made dolls. But Tucker sent us this cool thing we talked about on the bonus show. I'll shout him out again. That's he right. sent us this great bust. The Lenny Dykstra Hall of Fame Award. Yes. It looks like Kim Jong-un, though. So. Yeah, it's very confusing. Yes. It would have been would have made more sense to have like Lenny Dykstra on there. It's looking at me while I do the show from now on, cool. everybody. Good. Shout out to Tucker Dixon. Now, with that being said, we need to get over some results. Okay. From two weeks ago, we did Nerd Week, the last show you did with me. That's right. Where we haven't there was, d- announced the results of that yet, have we? That is correct. And it was uh, your guy was a kitty diddler, and my guy was a man who lured single dudes to a garage and tried to beat them to death. Right. Mark Twitchell. Shocker, I won. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Oh, you are on a roll. You're up four to two now. I am up four to two. Round. That, will, that will put me on game point today, oh, ladies God. and gentlemen. Let's talk about something that I'm not too pleased about. Oh, yeah, the Eric Zane show results. Yeah. Not Eric Zane show, but the show with Eric Zane on it. You know, Carl, every now and again, I feel like I play my hand wrong. What are you talking about? You wanted to lose so badly. I did not want to lose. Did you want to do the polar plunge? You're a stunt boy now. I'm not stunt a boy stunt Vinny. boy. I thought you were like a co-host, but apparently you're just a stunt boy. You just want to put on a one piece and run out into the lake in February. I'm not fucking putting on a one piece. I'm wearing a normal goddamn bathing suit. <laughs> That's that. I get to pick out the bathing suit. No, you yep. don't. Yep. 
No. I purchased the bathing suits. No. If anybody gets to, <laughs> Eric Zane gets to pick it. All right. I'll, I'll send him some ideas. Because I like it when he dresses me up. So now, what were, were the results of that uh, that episode? Motherfucker. Because you brought a creep, man. You had a really good creep. Ugh. And Eric Zane got 61% of the vote. You're polar plunging. Well, listen, I got to tell you, I, I think I told you this. I don't know if it was on air or not on our bonus show, but you obviously wanted to lose that because his consequence was like putting truck nuts he already owns on his car. And your consequence was jumping into the lake when it's freezing cold. I mean, obviously, that's the more fun thing for people. That's what they're going to vote for. No, I said I'm going to go into the lake. I never said how far. And right. I will wear a bathing suit. Oh, I, I have a feeling that as soon as it touches your toe, you're going to come running back to shore. Like a big, yes. sloppy, and when I say running, walrus. I use that term. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Help, help. It's really cold. I can't. What is this? This is bullshit. I um, was on the beach this past week down in South Carolina and uh, James Island. And uh, I made a joke to my wife. There was a uh, enormous person sunbathing on the beach. And I just made a quick joke about you know should we push her back in and uh apparently you're not allowed to judge people at the beach i learned did you know that um it's a judge judge free zone i'm not familiar with judge free zones i was very uh confused did you go hey fatty do you have a podcast (laughs) by any chance (laughs) what did you say to about this woman oh i just assumed that she was a beached whale and i wanted to help her out yeah and she heard you yeah no, I was just I was just scolded for goofing on people. Get out! Yeah, I didn't know that rule that You're in you big can't trouble. Do that. You can't make fun of fat people, right? So I, I fell asleep on the beach one time. I woke up. Kids were throwing wet towels on me because, like, it was a whale. They were gonna drag me back in. It was making a hmm. oh, want to quit this job. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. I believe that you fell asleep on a beach, though. You were probably like pacing yourself. I'll get back. I'll get to the water. I'll get there I'll get eventually. There. <laughs> It'd still be there. All right, so up. this is officially on then, the polar plunge? I'll do it. I don't even want to go down there to videotape, but it's so fucking cold on, in February, by the oh, way. Oh, Jessica said she wouldn't miss it, so okay, don't good. worry. She'll hold the camera. You're not going to go to this, though? I might. I mean, you could wear a snowsuit. I'll, would you, would you <laughs> hold my robe for me? <laughs> yeah. Will you be my Mickey? Will you sure. scream for me and cheer for me? Sure, I could do that. Will you make a sign? I'm just not going to donate to whatever stupid charity you come up with. Yeah. That's what I won't do. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Carl. What's with your energy level today? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm trying to drink coffee. I'll get there. I'll uh, get there. All right. We don't have to do these on Monday at noon if you don't want. Uh, if it's not a good time for you, we can pick another time. Listen, pal. I'm so, here. So I'm you won, and our category this week, because it is the week of Halloween... We are going to do the biggest Halloween creep. Biggest Halloween creep this week. You won. You go first. All right, Carl. My creep today comes from right outside of Houston, Texas. I'm going back to Houston, Houston, Houston. He's a soft-spoken. Some of the prep you do for this show is so unnecessary. Like, I appreciate it because it's like you, you're trying. Somebody has to do something around here. <laughs> Fair enough. My creep today comes right from outside of... Going back to Houston. Houston. <laughs> we used it twice. Houston. Now it's worth it. Okay. He's a soft-spoken 30-year-old optician and former father of two, Ronald O'Brien. His actions on Halloween in 1974 not only made Halloween effectively worse for everyone, he also was given a very apt title, The Man Who Killed Halloween. Halloween's still alive, though. I don't know if that's a great title. It's probably better than ever, right? Yeah, Halloween's like they, going pretty strong. They didn't have those spirit Halloween stores that take over all the dead strip malls then. Yeah, all the circuit cities become spirit Halloween. I would argue that Halloween has now become an adult holiday. If anything, you just took it away from the kids, which yeah. good. They have enough fun days. <laughs> they get enough fun days in their Fuck lives. Them. Little assholes. Ooh, yeah. Get your candy. Let's let the adults have fun at Halloween. I get now. my candy. I get my candy. Tucker Dixon sent us in a whole bag of candy, which is very sweet of him. Get it? Very sweet. There's some left. <laughs> he had to refill it with other candy <laughs> to make it look like he hasn't eaten all. <laughs> These are mints. <laughs> all right. So 
here's the thing about my guy. He the guy owed, who killed Halloween? Yeah, okay. Yeah, the guy who killed Halloween. It's here about him. He owed over $100,000 to creditors in 1974, Carl. Yeah, that's like $30 million today. Well, I actually did the oh, math is, on that. Yeah, what is the calculation? The equivalent is $563,797. And that's this year? 2021. So last year when Trump was still the president, it would have been like, what, $200,000? Before the Biden inflation kicked in? You're a real pain in my ass. <laughs> You're a real pain in my ass. No, I, I love paying more for gasoline and food. It's great. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Just go. Okay. So all I'm trying to say is this guy owed a lot of money and making fucking glasses for people wasn't cutting it, Carl. Okay? Okay. So he lived with his wife, Diane, mm-hmm. in Deer Park, Texas. They had two kids. Uh, one is eight years old. His name is Timothy. The other one is five years old. Her name is Elizabeth. So you know she went all the way then. Pretty hot. He, I'll have you know, was a deacon for the Second Baptist Church. Very good. And he also sang in the choir, Carl. I heard he had the voice of an angel. I did not hear that. I heard he had a very soft-spoken, a feminine voice. I heard it sounded like an angel cake. Let's fast forward to Halloween night, 1974. We'll get straight to the point. Let's get straight to the point. Um, a great source that I used was an interview with uh, the DA who prosecuted this case. He did an interview with Michael Segalov for Vice News. So basically, to reconstruct this for you folks, after dinner with his friends, this guy Ron, still dressed in his work jacket, his uh, white work lab, took his neighbor Jim Bates with Jim Bates' son and his two kids Timothy and Elizabeth, they all went out trick-or-treating. Wait, did you say his name was Nick Bate? I said Jim Bate. I freaking hate vagina. Oh, not. For the sake of the story and a poetic <laughs> <laughs> license. Not Nick sure. Bate. Nick not Nick Bate. Bate. My bad. My Let's call him Nick right. Bate. I think it's fun. Ain't only raping children. Happy Halloween, everybody. Disemboweling and force-feeding them their own intestines. We forget how good these songs are. I don't play them enough. All right, go ahead. I'm now, with your story. I like your versions, too. You can hear those on our YouTube channel, ladies this is and true. gentlemen. Which we have over a 1,000 subscribers, to. Super Chats coming soon, Thanks, kids. everybody. We love you so much. You're the bestest. Now, one of the houses they approached had all of its lights switched off. The kids, still being greedy little assholes, banged on the doors anyway, even though the people didn't want to <laughs> yeah. be bothered with their nonsense. Yeah. They were drinking and watching TV in another room quietly, not bothering mm-hmm. anyone. The children run to the next house, but our boy Ron O'Brien stayed behind a little bit. And then he catches up with the kids and just a minute later, and he goes, Hey, kids, good news. Look what they had back here. They had pixie sticks. Oh, pixie sticks are the best. And not only were they pixie sticks, they were 21-inch pixie sticks, the big Whoa. ones in the plastic. That's all, that's a lot of sugar right yeah, there. Yeah, and the people, they had their lights out, Carl. Yeah? they But they were still there. And they with st- pixie sticks. Yeah, they got the pixie sticks for the kids. I, I'm following. Yeah, sounds so, great. So he gives them to his daughter, yep. to his son. To his neighbor, Nick Bates' son, Nick Jr. And then he gives (laughs) another one for his older sister who wasn't there. Okay, good. And then as they're walking, you know what? The choir boy, our boy Ron, sees another little kid from the church, and he gives him the last pixie stick. Wow, this guy is a saint. What a good guy. What a good guy. So they go home. Little Timothy says, I want to have a treat for my bag. And his dad says, you could have one thing. What do you want it to be? Please be the pixie stick. Aren't pixie sticks amazing? This is a big one. Hey, look at this. <laughs> pixie sticks. This will be great before you go to bed. Right you go to bed. Pure sugar. You'll love it. Right. Why not? So kid tries to open the thing and he can't get it open because it was like stapled shut. Hmm. Which was weird. Odd. Okay. All and right. And so his dad helped him get it open. Good. And then he couldn't get any of the stuff out because at the top it was all kind of stuck in there. So his dad again helped him get some of it out. Then the kid tasted it. He didn't like it. Yeah. He's like, nah, I don't like this. And, you know, instead of being like, all right, well, you don't like it. Have another different piece of candy. He's like, no. You opened that pixie stick and you're going to eat that whole 21 inches of pure sugar before you go to bed. Yeah. So he gets that was the rule in my house, too. You got to finish your candy before you go to bed. Finish your candy. My parents are very strict about that. You clean that plate of candy off, young man, before you excuse yourself. And he goes, Dad, this tastes gross. And he goes, It's sugar. It should. He goes, Try snorting it. That'll work. You won't taste as much. You know what he did to be a good dad? What did he do, Vinny? He went and got his son a glass of Kool Aid to help wash it down. Wash it down. It's really important that you eat this pixie stick. 
It's very clumpy, Dan. I don't know why. Well, less than an hour later, yeah, Timothy was coughing up blood and declared dead on his way to the hospital. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, what, do they have Taco Bell for dinner earlier that night? Is there an Arby's nearby? What's the explanation for this? Well, uh, former Harris County prosecutor Mike Hinton, the guy who was interviewed for this article, called the morgue when he heard an eight-year-old boy had died of poisoning that night. On Halloween night, of all things, he heard this. So the next morning, he calls to find out what's going on. The pathologist said that Timothy had consumed enough cyanide to kill two adults. Hey, that's fucked up. Cyanide? That's bad for you. Very bad for you. Very bad for you. My doctor said to cut it out completely. They said this kid's breath just, like, (laughs) reeked of almonds. (laughs) Like, it was very obvious. Like, the guy, it took him two seconds to figure this out. What don't you fucking understand? Tess later found out that, shocker, the top two inches of the pixie sticks had been packed with poison. Like a fucking musket. Yeah, like what a dummy. You gotta mix it in with the sugar better so they actually eat it, you idiot. Right. He just stuffed it <laughs> at yeah. the top. It's like when you used to put like weed at the top of a cigarette, you dump a little bit of the tobacco out and put the weed on the top. Yeah. It's like you can tell it's not a cigarette. You're not fooling anyone with that. They also noticed that uh these other kids had gotten these same Pixie Six too. So luckily and sincerely luckily, none of them ate them. It's not luck, Vinny. You just told a whole story about how this kid couldn't open it. Once he did, he didn't like how it tasted. It was all clumped <laughs> together. He had to wash it down with Kool-Aid. Of course no one else ate it. They weren't forced to by their father. That's true. <laughs> it wasn't I don't luck. know how the daughter got away with it. I don't she, know how She the was daughter... like, this kid, he sucks. Well, here's the other part of it, though. That church boy that he saw walking down the street that yeah, he's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. hey, here you go. Enjoy this in fucking hell, kid. Yeah. He gives it to him. <laughs> Enjoy him. this in hell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what the fuck else are you going to say to this kid? You're murdering him. It's a trap. He gives him this fucking candy. And this yeah. kid, before he went to bed, tried to get into the pixie stick, but he couldn't get the fucking staples out. So... See, yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was talking about. I guess you know the later argument would be I may put him in tamper-proof containers. Well, I got nothing. So, why are you smiling so much? This little boy just died of cyanide poisoning. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. So the police took Ronald back to the neighborhood where they were trick or treating, Carl. Yeah, and they were like, so. You're telling me somebody gave you these pixie sticks. Show us which house it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, I don't remember. I, don't I know. Honestly, I wouldn't remember what house I got a pixie stick from if I was trick-or-treating with my kids. Except for the daughter remembers that he like ran over and was like, hey, here's the pixie sticks from that house. I'm sorry. I'm trying to, I'm trying no, to move the they fucking took story him. along. He's walking <laughs> with the fucking cops. Yeah. And he's going, I don't know. When they trick-or-treated, Carl, Yeah, they only did two blocks. Oh, okay. So, so it shouldn't have been that hard. Right. And that's where we got the apple with the razor blade in it. And that's where we got the cyanide-laced pixie sticks. And over there, they gave us the Snickers, but not the fun size. Those, like, little mini Snickers. Those fucking things suck. So Get the fun size, at least. So, so you're like, you don't remember the place that gave you, like, a two-foot tube of sugar to give your children. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. He says, well, can you tell us what the person looked like? And he goes, yeah, I don't know. Someone's arm came out and handed them to me. Okay. He's giving them every story Makes he sense. can. Yep. I'm going along with it. Yep. As long as the, the police are have this um, – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It would be their um, – I don't know. I've lost it. Either way, yeah, he doesn't get he motto. Doesn't, he doesn't tell them anything. It's the word. <laughs> I'm glad I was calling you out. It. I was calling you out for being tired today. All right, I'm back in it. Let's go. <laughs> All right, the cops. They're now trying to figure out where these could have come from. Did anybody else get these things? They're putting news bulletins out. This is a massive story. Kid dies. Halloween trick or treating candy. Ah, fucking poison. Yeah, everybody's losing their shit. This guy's keeping his mouth shut. Right. Yeah. So, so I to not eat any of that cyanide. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was that house. Guy who owns it's not home. He's at his job at the airport. Mm-hmm. The cops show up at the airport, arrest him in front of all of his coworkers, and drag the guy out. Oh, boy. And it turns out on Halloween night, he was at work the whole evening. There was like 200 people at the fucking airport who could have vouched for him. Sure. So this dude's getting arrested, hauled out of there. And that's when they started looking at the dad. Mm-hmm. This is what Hinton said. He said that he heard O'Brien was angry at his relatives for not staying up the night of Timothy's funeral. And the reason why he was upset 
is because he had written a song about Jesus and Timothy joining the Lord in heaven and had grown agitated with his grieving family because they wouldn't stay up to watch a late recording of the performance that was being broadcast on public television. That's fascinating. Please go on. This motherfucker's like so. Details are you going to add to the story? This guy's a creep. His little daughter and his wife are mourning the fucking brother who was coughing up blood all over the house like a week before. Be more funny. And he's like, "Don't you want to watch Dad sing? Don't you want to stay up and watch Daddy's Jesus song?" He's trying to help them heal. Vinny, I have a clip of the song. Oh, okay, let's hear it. Ladies and gentlemen, here is uh, Ronald O'Brien. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> they synth- they synthesize. I read it in the papers. I saw it on TV. I guess it'll be one empty seat when I wrestle it with the lead. Okay, that's Hulk Hogan. I'm sorry. I couldn't find the actual clip. <laughs> okay. I was just trying to come up with something there. So... He got all mopey in his family. Right there? He got all, that was Hulk Hogan, yes, sir. All right, everyone drink. Uh, that was a very, I had two drinks for that one. That was so unnecessary. <laughs> he tells a detail of the story that's unnecessary. Just to set up a, a you don't song It's completely unnecessary. You don't think that it's hysterical that this guy murdered his son and he's mad at his family that they don't want to stay up late and watch him sing on TV? There's been no laughs! What do you mean? Sing about it. Oh, you're triggering me. <laughs> oh, I'm going to fight you. <laughs> <laughs> you better stop with that board. You better stop with that board right now. Boring. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> I'm going to lose it today. Fine, Carl. I feel like I'm in one of those planes flying around Hong Kong right now. You're just like, ah! <laughs> I'm not going to take your damsel in distress. Do you want to know something fun, though? I am What's not that? surrounded by Coors Light cans, so that's good. <laughs> that's good. Now, they also discovered that when they started investigating, that he had recently taken out life insurance policies on both of his kids. Oh, okay. Recently. Yes. Never a good move. Starting in January. Yep. Always kill the person years later. And for $10,000 in January, then an extra $20,000 a month on each child leading up to Halloween. Okay. All right. So he's trying to get out of that $100,000 worth of debt, Carl. Smart. You got to have a plan. Gotta, no. I mean, you can't just hope things work out. Do you have dead giveaway ready? Oh, I certainly can. Okay, thank you. Have it ready for me. They found out that the day after he died, All Saints Day, November 1st, Halloween was a Thursday, 9 a.m. Friday morning. He called the insurance company to collect on his You won't believe what just happened with this uh, policy that I just increased. They had all sorts of witnesses. He was going all over town trying to buy cyanide. He went to some chemical company, like, yeah, we can sell it to you, but the smallest amount we sell is like five pounds. Yeah. Oh, geez. And he fucking like yelled at them and left. It's like, I don't have to kill that many kids, just two. I yeah. just need to kill two kids. Ugh. Damn it. And that's why he probably had five of them. If I had cyanide on me right now, I'd make sure all you guys all laid it. Uh, teach you all a lesson here. <laughs> yeah. You want a cup of coffee, Carl? I'm good, buddy. Thank you. All right. Are you making coffee over there? Oh, yeah. Well, I have coffee. Oh, okay. Why don't you have some coffee, Carl? I'm good. I'm good for now. You know what? I'm just going to I have continue. some lovely almond creamer. This is why I bring beverages that have uh, tops on them that I w- witness myself being uh, broken, the seal being broken when I open. This is why. He was arrested November 5th, 1974, so not too long after, and he was charged with one count of capital murder, four counts of attempted murder for each of the pixie sticks that he handed to children to murder, Yeah, and uh, he claimed to be innocent. But uh, he was eventually found guilty in 45 minutes by the jury and sentenced to fucking death. Yes. And ladies and gentlemen, the reason why they say he's the man who, who killed Christmas because every rumor Halloween. you ever heard about a kid getting poisoned yeah. by Halloween candy, yeah. it was this fucking guy. And there's never been another death from Halloween poison candy, Halloween candy poisoning since then. Correct. Yeah, you know they always say like most robberies are an inside job. Yeah, like, people aren't just looking to like murder random kids in their neighborhood. They should be, but they're not. Right. So what they do is they pretend like there's all these dangers. Really, just your dad wants to kill you. Wouldn't it be great if we had like the kitty purge? Yes, it Where would it be just, great. Like, it's like midday in the summer. Like starts at like two, ends at happy hour. You can just run around with a sickle, just I, fucking take them out. I believe the children are our future, and that that 
future is a dystopian nightmare. So yes, I agree. This is a good idea, Vinny. Thank you. Let's get I'm out of it. Glad we can finally agree. So Start this guy website. poisoned a bunch of kids. Yeah. He was a dead he poisoned beat. one kid. Yeah. He tried to poison a bunch of kids, yep. and he was a uh, singing about Jesus on TV and trying to get famous off of his kid's death by singing. And uh, he sucks. God, that was a long story for what actually happened. I could have summed that up a lot quicker. Now, the thing that you left out that's actually interesting about this guy oh, is that the lethal ejection right before that, yep. he says, we all make mistakes, we all do bad things, and... Killing me is one of those bad things, but I will forgive all of you, and God will forgive you for this injustice of you killing me. At his last day, he wasn't like, sorry for what he did. No. He was calling out the justice system for putting it to death as if it was their fucking problem. But yes, I agree. They call him the Candyman, too. Is his other nickname? The Candyman can. That's a better nickname than the guy who killed Thanksgiving or how. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? You said Christmas, I said Thanksgiving. I'm sure the family was mourning well into the holidays, Carl. Yeah, I'm sure it was, yes. Good point. All right, is it my turn now? I guess. My Halloween creep is Michael Myers. You know what this guy is up to, Vinny? You familiar with this? I've heard. Yeah. In 2008, he put out The Love Guru. This was a giant piece of shit. That's the end of my case. No, okay. So <laughs> my creep is a guy named David. It's the double swerve, ladies and yes. gentlemen. This way, that way. And now we're going straight. David L. Andrews is my creep for Halloween this week. In 1977, he was arrested and later convicted in 1978 for criminal sexual conduct. In 1981, he was arrested for unarmed robbery. In 1983, this is in Michigan, by the way, where he's from. In 1983, Andrews escapes from the... Grass Lakes Corrections Camp in Grass Lakes, Michigan, while serving a 10 to 15 year sentence for breaking and entering. So this guy was put in this correction facility. He got out in 1984, July 19th, 1984. Andrews is arrested in Miami County uh, on a felony warrant for escaping from the Michigan Corrections Camp. Extradition papers never arrived from Michigan and Andrews' girlfriend, Jean Ann Yackel, Post $10,000 bond for his release. Now, less than a month later, August 11th, 1984, Andrews marries Jean Ann Yackel, 27 years old, of Wagstaff. It is Jean's third marriage. And Jean has... And Aesop begat fables. Three children. Holy shit. Are you following so far, Vinny? No. Go ahead. So this creep gets married to this woman who bails him out. So now they're married. Fast forward to Halloween night of that year, October 31st, 1984. This woman has three children. The youngest is Brian, eight years old. And on that night, Brian watched his 26-year-old new stepfather, David L. Andrews, brutally murder his mother and two sisters by stabbing them to death inside their homes. It is still considered by local law enforcement officers and community members to be one of the grisliest murders in Miami County history. Retired Miami County Sheriff's Office Deputy Randy Cornelius, who was one of the first to arrive at the murder scene in 1984, was in attendance at a recent parole hearing. Now, in 2017, this guy was up for parole. And uh, there's a few people who aren't having that. Yeah, I would imagine. This is one of those guys. Cornelius, who had you just started. people didn't want to welcome him back into the community? Not a lot of people want to welcome him back. Specifically, this, uh, this woman's son, Brian. The stepson who witnessed him murder his entire family. If only somebody would have murdered all my sisters. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, Cornelius, who had just started his law enforcement career at the time, said he is still haunted by the images of the murder scene. And the parole hearings have forced him to experience that emotion all over again. There wasn't a wall in that house that didn't have blood on it, Cornelius said. It was early in the morning of November 1st, 1984, when Cornelius was called to respond to a crime scene in Wagstaff. Jean Yackel, 28-year-old mother of three, was found in the living room by the front door lying in a pool of blood. Multiple stab wounds were clearly visible on her lifeless body. Down the hall and inside a bedroom, Cornelius discovered an even more horrendous sight. Crammed into the corner of the room between a bed and the wall, the lifeless bodies of 11-year-old Tiffany Don Massey Aye. and 10-year-old Tamara Joe Massey were covered in blood and knife wounds. So this guy murders the mom. The kids run into their room. He runs down the hallway, opens it up, kills them. Now you got Brian, the eight-year-old boy, yeah. who's still in the house. He's watching all this. So then Andrews goes into his room, covered in blood, kidnaps the boy. They go to a motel. He forces this kid 
to sleep in a motel with him that hotel, night. Motel, motel. Could you imagine Mojo what that family. looked like when he showed up to the front desk? Oh my god! All right, with so, the kid, he's probably covered in fucking blood. Yeah, yeah. I probably didn't clean up too much. It seemed like a horrific scene. So, the next day, November first, Andrews takes Brian to Port Huron, Michigan, where Andrews grew up. They're gonna go hang with his sister there. On November second, Andrews is charged in Miami County District Court with three counts. Three counts of first-degree murder, and an all-points bulletin is issued for his arrest. Once Andrews finds out about this, he decides to commit suicide. He shoots himself in the chest with a 25 caliber handgun in the sister's home in Port Huron. Michigan authorities find Brian alive inside the home. Andrews is still alive, too, because a suicide attempt didn't work, and he's taken to the hospital where he's uh, guarded there. Now, fast forward January 16, 1985. The charges against Andrews are expanded to include aggravated kidnapping, because he took Brian, you know, obviously across uh, the yeah. lines, and aggravated criminal sodomy. Oh, no, not Brian. Kidnapping and sodomy charges were added, resulting from Andrews taking Brian from the home after the murder and allegedly sodomizing him several times on their two-day trip to Michigan. So this guy murders the entire family, grabs the boy, and is just fucking his butt the entire way to Michigan. That's the only thing I can think of worse than just driving to Michigan. Yeah, oh, it's pretty horrific, no. don't you think? He must have been really excited about what he had done to uh, to think that that's how he's going to celebrate. On May 13, 1985, which was the morning the jury selection was scheduled to begin, a plea deal was announced. Andrews pleaded guilty in exchange for the dropping of the kidnapping and sodomy charges and the reduction in the primary charge to three counts of second-degree murder. So I guess there were a couple things that the prosecution was concerned about because the only witness was this eight-year-old boy, and it's tough to get And this children. kid puts out, so and they, it's like you can't trust him. Correct. He's too loose. Uh, also, they never found the murder weapon. This kid was talking to me. I heard his ass so flapping the whole time. I don't believe a word he's <laughs> they, saying. They, yeah. Uh, let's not slut shame poor little eight-year-old Brian, please, Vinny. I feel like that's inappropriate right yeah, now. That man be grown to be Brian Ball. <laughs> Inside jokes. Everyone loves him. Okay. Uh, in June of 1985, he was sentenced to 15 years to life in prison for each second-degree murder conviction, with the sentences to run consecutively, making his total sentence reach 45 years. At the 2017 parole hearing, Brian Massey spoke for the longest time. Now, this is the boy, who is now an adult, who's speaking about this. He said Andrews and his mother got into an argument, and she kicked him out of the house. He returned later, and the argument turned to violent. Brian said he watched as his mother reached for the phone to call his grandpa, and that's when Andrews first started stabbing her. After stabbing her more than 30 times, Andrews went down the hallway to find the sisters who ran into their room. They knew what was going to happen to them, Brian said. After the murders, Brian said Andrews came into his room covered in blood. He didn't have any remorse, Brian said. There was only a savage presence about him. His words for Brian were brief and chilling. If you do not listen and obey, I will kill you. Ready for the good news. He was denied parole in 2017. His next eligibility will be in November of 2027. So that's my uh, Halloween monster, David L. Andrews, who murdered his wife and stepchildren and then kidnapped and buttfucked his stepson. How do you celebrate Halloween the next year? Not, I wouldn't celebrate it a lot. You know, I'd, I'd half-ass. I put on one of those costumes, just a smock. With the stupid plastic mask you put on your top of your head. Do you think this guy, like, burst into tears? I think so. I think he's traumatized. Every time he sees Halloween. I think he's pretty fucking traumatized by it, Vinny, because this guy's driving from Texas to Florida every time he has to go back in front of the parole hearing. For some reason, they changed the law so at 50% of the sentence served, he could start filing for parole. So now all these people get dragged back to tell this story again every 10 years. It seems like a... A weird system. That Don't breathed. you think the people on the parole board are like, yeah, yeah, we know. We butt fucked you. <laughs> yeah, it's remember like, you the last time. We got it. They're like, look, at, we're letting guys out who butt fuck boys all the time. You think that story is going to change anything here? We can't wait to let these people out. Yeah. Did you take any vows of chastity by any chance <laughs> before you did it? Because then you're immune, apparently. All right. So that's my creep. Uh, creepiest Halloween. And uh, I, I go back to 1984 with David L. Andrews. Yours is what, 74? Well, yeah. My guy, Ronald O'Brien. See, this is what you always do. Here we go. 
All right, yeah. Let's continue your argument because you already you had your chance. I was just saying his name. You had your chance. All I said was his name. You were about to go into your whole thing. Watch this, ladies Ruined, and gentlemen. Vote for, for Vinny and Ronald O'Brien, the Candyman. The Candyman can. I'm Let's done. see that dick. Ah, oh, you ruined it. I was done. <laughs> All right, I was letting good. it go. All right. I'll fucking fight you. Can we do voicemails now? I guess. All right, cool. The voicemail segment is brought to you by our friends in Syracuse. Oh, do we not have a new ad? Oh, okay. The Creep Off voicemail segment is brought to you by the city of Syracuse. Halloween is approaching, and we want you to have fun and be safe. Know which houses give out the good fentanyl. <laughs> See you in Syracuse. Good advice. Solid advice. So uh, this one came in, and Carl, I got to tell you, I feel like this person is speaking for a lot of fans here. Uh-oh. I think you should listen to what they have to say. <laughs> I don't like where this is going. Hey, Vinny and Carl. I decided to become a patron after dickering over whether whether or not the patron YouTube freaks or not. I've been hesitant to join as I was and still am concerned that I'll end up on some database once the creep off donor list is leaked. After okay, a few, do it. Oh, well, a few weeks ago, Carl had a show with the Turk Kraut Kaya where he shattered that illusion of the relationship between show host and listener. Of course, we are not your friends, Carl, with a K, but you didn't have to reduce the relationship to so explicitly a transactional one. I felt like a filthy John exchanging lucre for cheap entertainment. I don't want to be reminded that I'm just a passive pay pick for WATP. Please lie next time and say that we listeners are your friends and online family. Thanks to you, I am now a VN on True Believer, as your co-host seems to appreciate the fans just a little bit more than you. Vinny... Despite being the worst possible combination of humans, Californian and Yankee, you have been, you have grown on me. However, I do hope that you are just playing a character who likes pro wrestling ironically. Please don't call me back. No. Ah, Carl, I love you. I love the fans, and I appreciate the support. We are friends. In fact, when I was down in South Carolina, I ran into a fan, Luke, who uh, came up and introduced himself, and we took a... A selfie together. We're buddies now. What did he just hear you talking somewhere loudly? Yeah, I know. He it's goes, funny. I knows that voice. It's funny. I actually was not saying a word at the time he recognized me, which was odd. But I was wearing my Bills jersey, so oh, that kind of gave it away. Everywhere he goes. Well, it was Monday. It was the game day. Everywhere he goes. I dare you. So this is somebody who did some sleuthing into figuring out who was the person who hacked the vote a few episodes back. Okay, good. Get to the hey, Vinny, I did a little internet sleuthing, and I think I figured out who voted for Carl all those times. Lenny Dykstra. Motherfucker. Hi. <laughs> Motherfucker. Very possible, sir. Very possible. He's a creep. I love this voicemail. Hey, Carl, I gotta say, I'm a big fan of Who Are These Podcasts, and I've loved in the creep off. So I finally pulled the trigger... Signed up for the Patreon and became a Vietnam true believer. Go fuck yourself, you club-footed piece of shit. Cuz-a-roo. What is this all about? Excelsior. True what believers. What is this all about? Do we have a... We should do a uh, a current tally on that. See where we're at. Because I, I won the race to 50. But I don't know where we're at these days. Yeah, we got to go back and figure that out one of these days. Because otherwise, what's the point? Why do we still have it? <laughs> We never talk about it. Fun. <laughs> it's not fun if we don't. All right. Whatever. All right. Listen. We're, we're having too much fun. Listen, pal. Yeah. We got to talk about some emails that we got real quick. Okay. Uh, I believe you have one that you're supposed to read. Oh, yeah. That's right. I do have one. I'll, re- I'll read it right now. You asked someone a question a few weeks ago when we told the story about how I spilled a big, fresh glass of tequila all over the front of me while yeah. I performed. So what happened was... Vinny was the feature act for Harold Williams. Harland. Right? Harlan Williams. Thank you. I knew Give I said it that time. And uh, so we went to see him for the early show on Saturday. I thought he did fantastic. He did really good. And then our buddy Crunk Daddy 68 came down with his friends from a local college here, and uh, they came to see Vinny perform in the, in the later show, which I did not see. But then Vinny told the story about how he spilled his cocktail all over him, and it was really hard to recover from that. So, Crunk and you Daddy, said, I'd like to hear your version of it after I said I won the audience back. Correct. According to you, this was a triumphant moment where you went from uh, heel to hero because you're so amazing. So let's hear what Crunk from Daddy. From zero to hero. Let's hear what uh, Crunk Daddy had In to fact, say. In fact, some would call me the hero of the stupid. <laughs> 
creepos. This is Krunk Daddy 68. Curl was asking for my version of Vinny's spilled drink story in the last episode. Asking you shall receive. Thanks, Krunk Daddy 68. So I sat close to the stage. I sat so close to the stage that I could touch Vinny if I wanted to. You, you don't want to. No. Vinny spilled the drink, trying to switch hands, and he leaned against the wall in embarrassment, like he stated. What he didn't add after that, I threw out uh, a comment, which was something along the lines of, maybe you should start drinking after you're sat. So this guy's heckling you before you even get a word out. Yep, I forgot about that. That is true. Uh, Which got the room chuckling, because Vinny quickly responded, I'll do that next time. Thank you. Great line, Vinny. Yeah, real killer. <laughs> real comic genius. You really got the room chuckling. I think that's a, exactly what Carlin would have said. <laughs> yeah, right. Vinny, like a true professional, leaned into the joke. He used it as a good segue into a joke about another embarrassing moment he had while doing stand-up. He had also gave the worker Gabe a – is it short order? Is that what an SO is? A shout-out? Yeah. Short order? Shout-out. A shout-out for cleaning up the stage and replacing his drink. At the end of his time, he circled back to the spilled drink by picking up his new drink with two hands like he was a child, which gave us one last funny moment. Oh, waka waka. I concur with Carl that Vinny really had a good set. My friends who didn't know Vinny beforehand only had positive things to say about his set on our ride home. What he doesn't include is the things they had to say about your physique. Oh, yeah. No, the set was fine. <laughs> the <laughs> odor, so though. so hard to look at. The odor though. was difficult. Uh, except two of them thought Vinny spilled his drink on purpose. I could tell by his reaction it was real. On another note, I appreciate Vinny stopping himself before doxing my location last episode. Doxing his location? We know what state he's from. Is that going to dox him? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like he doesn't want to be associated with any of this. What I don't appreciate is neither of you commented about how handsome I am. Okay. All right. There's your note. Thanks for coming. You got another email over there? I do. This one is very interesting. This one came in from Ara Elkins, and they write, Hi, gentlemen. I'm an actual practicing attorney Mm. who works primarily with juvenile criminal defendants. This is what I type like. During During episode 82, you talked about Eric Zane's story about his coworker and his juvenile record. Yes. And there were some pretty clear misunderstandings. Okay. Ara, you sent in a whole like explanation here, but you also sent in all lawyers speak of yeah. I am not able to give this as legal advice because oh, I am right, not right, licensed right. in every state. Right, right, right. This is this is not anything to do with this particular case, but if I were representing in a, you know, and, I, and perhaps these are the circumstances, maybe this is what. Okay, we get it. Juvenile courts use different words for everything on purpose, and this is all by statute, meaning it's not something judges have a choice in. For example, an adult court. If you're convicted of a crime in juvenile court under the exact same facts, you're adjudicated or a delink- it's a delinquent offense or an adjudicated delinquent. One of the reasons behind this is specifically so you can truthfully answer questions about criminal convictions in the negative. Who fucking cares? What is this garbage? How do they have a podcast? This is bullshit. It's boring as shit. P.S. The Creep Off is my absolute favorite oh, podcast. Oh, thank you. Keep up the good work. I'll, I'll read that part. <laughs> Cut all that out and post that. Thank I, you I for uh, letting us know. I just think that's fascinating that like they put it in there purposefully so they could just lie on applications. Well, that is kind of the point is that they want to give people a second chance, especially when they screw up when they're children. Yeah. All right. Because you don't want to like have someone do something dumb when they're 14. I know I did some dumb things when I was 14, and then you can never get a job again. Thank Christ you didn't I have guess, children then, right? I guess raping a child when you're 14 is different than some of the I shit think that convi- I was If you rape a child when you're 14, yeah. convicted of a crime is fine. Yeah, I, that could be true. Yeah. Yeah. Ain't only raping children. Hey, Vinny, I got something to play for you. All right. I was listening to uh, my friend Tim Dillon. Okay. And Tim Dillon actually had a message for you specifically. I don't believe it. Which I was surprised by because sometimes he'll he'll use my name as a fun little shout out. Like we like to, we like to give shout outs to each other back and forth. But, you know, it's... It's kind of behind-the-scenes stuff people don't really know about. Sure. If you're not listening closely. But he finally addressed you. Oh, good. Now, you know that Tim Dillon's a a gay man, right? Sure. Okay. Like, I have mild homosexuality. My homosexuality is not pronounced, but it's it's effective when it needs to be. Mm. I I have sex with men, but that doesn't... That's not really what being gay is anymore. Mm. Being gay is not really having sex with men. It's really dyeing your hair. It's gone from... 
having sex with men to dyeing your hair, which is much easier to do. Looking good over there, Blondie. <laughs> Looking real good, buddy. <laughs> it started as a, oh, my wife wanted to do it as a goof, and now he's just keeping it up and getting the roots touched up. Because it every looks week. Like shit all the time. <laughs> it's a fucking awful, vicious cycle. When I heard oh, Tim Dillon say, it's a vicious cycle. I dye my hair because I'm unhappy. <laughs> I am unhappy because I dye my hair. It's a vicious cycle. Let's do a scum parade, you fucking asshole. I'm ready for a scum parade. Let's do it. All right. A man from Pittsburgh's Bloomfield neighborhood launched pumpkins at a grandmother who <laughs> parked in front of his home to pick up her grandchild a few doors down, police say. Yeah. James Gazas, 41, is charged with aggravated assault and propulsion of missiles. Propulsion of missiles is a crime, is it? Apparently. Hmm. In connection with the Wednesday altercation, a criminal complaint filed in the case said Gashus threw pumpkins after he heard his wife screaming outside their Pearl Street home. Okay. She sounds great. He said his wife screamed that a woman who had parked in front of their house nearly hit her and their child, at which point he threw two pumpkins at the car and its driver. Well, this is... Good for our Halloween episode because there is nothing scarier than an old person behind the wheel. That is Terrifying. the scariest. That is a scary sight to see. These people have no business driving automobiles. And I'm sure after she got hit in the dome with the pumpkin, she didn't have a clear recollection. Should, I didn't almost hit anybody. You should always throw pumpkins at those people. Tell them to stop driving. I wish fall was all year, so I had pumpkins on my front porch all the time. So the woman told police she wasn't sure if she lost consciousness, but she was struck in the head with the pumpkin. Police noted that she was bleeding, and she told officers her head hurt. <laughs> oh, my head hurts. You're getting hit in the head with a pumpkin will cause it to hurt. I'm no doctor, but I do have a friend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, her son told officers he scuffled with James Gazes after he threw the pumpkins and ultimately threw him to the ground. According to the complaint, paramedics bandaged Ghazi's toe before he was taken to the jail. That didn't need to be in the report. Which I think is funny. Yeah. Uh, they reported that the incident was caught on surveillance camera, and it did not appear that Ghazi's wife or her child were even in danger of being struck with the vehicle. Oh, the, I wonder what angle that's from, because honestly, Vinny, I bet she probably did hit the wife and child, which is why she got the pumpkins thrown at her. I wouldn't be surprised if she ran over them twice. They're probably dead. That's why he was throwing the pumpkin at this woman. She's probably murdering his wife and their child. Ain't no fat. <laughs> I, I just, I'm just saying. I've seen old people drive before. It's a murder spree. Yeah, yeah. I listen, ladies and gentlemen. I think if we just all collectively started throwing pumpkins at senior citizens, yeah, they'd get, they'd learn and they would stay home. Yes, and they would be like, we can't go out where they belong in the home. Yeah, keep them in the home. Yeah. I COVID. mean, maybe throw don't... a COVID blanket over him in the home and call it a day. Oh, God. Now I'm, now I'm disgusted with myself. A preliminary hearing is scheduled for next month that I believe that... Against uh, the woman? The driver? No, against the pumpkin oh, thrower. okay. And I see here that... Blame uh, the victim. Mr. Hamburger will be representing Mr. Gosses. <laughs> yes. My client, Your Honor, is still grieving his wife and child who may or may not be dead from this woman driving. And yes, Hard that is say. them over there. But <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Just look at them. Told you guys not to show up today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, but look at them. <laughs> Horrible family. <laughs> they might as well be dead. So let's go to New Hampshire. A 41-year-old New Hampshire man is charged with murdering his wife while the couple was in Vermont celebrating their first wedding anniversary. Oh, dude, that's a 365 <laughs> days. Yeah. That's a lot of time. Yeah. How many years are you in again? Um, I'm coming up on eight. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. eighth anniversary next week. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, what a lucky lady. <laughs> she can do worse. <laughs> she certainly couldn't. Now, Joseph Ferlazzo told detectives on Tuesday he fatally shot his wife, Emily Ferlazzo, who's 22 years old, Saturday morning inside their camper van in Bolton, New Hampshire. He then later dismembered her body with the saw. 
Police at Chittenden County State's attorney, Sarah George, said the evidence of guilt was everywhere. There's a history of domestic violence with the relationship. Emily's been seen with scratches and bruises. Joseph told investigators Thursday that he and his wife got into an argument inside the camper that got physical. You know, I got to say, I saw the photo of Emily. She looks like a real Gabby Petito, if you know what I mean. She she might have had Dead. this. She might have had this one coming. <laughs> that too. Okay, but uh, keep antagonizing your boyfriends and and husbands. Well, ladies. Joseph said that after Emily Ferlazzo had stopped hitting and kicking him, yep. she laid on a bed because she got tired from hitting and kicking him. After five to ten minutes, Joseph Ferlazzo retrieved a handgun, jumped on top of her, and shot her twice in the head. That'll do it. According to the affidavit of probable cause. He told investigators he began to have an anxiety attack, placed a garbage bag over her head, and moved her body to the bathroom of the camper. Oh, this camper must have been some some sight. It's a fucking Jackson Pollock. (laughs) On Saturday morning, Joseph said he took the camper from Bolton to a friend's house in St. Albans. According to police, about 12 to 15 hours after the shooting, he used a handsaw to dismember her body. He told police he then placed the body parts in garbage bags, which stayed in the camper. Oh, my God, this guy. If you're going to go through the trouble of hand-sawing someone's body into pieces and then putting it into bags, don't confess your crime to cops. You're pot committed at that point. You're all in. I have. I don't know what's going on here, officer. I don't know what you're talking about. I have nothing to do with any of this. It's Be all, it's all like very my creep the candy man till the day you go to the fucking Correct. lethal injection. I just, just you know in case work? the governor's listening. Vinny, I know that you know how much work it is to hand saw someone into pieces. This takes hours and hours. It's grueling, grueling work just to be like, oh, yeah, you got me. I did it. Then why were you going through all of that? Fucking hysterical. Funny guy, Carl. Poor Joseph. Never confess, buddy. Well, when police searched the camper, they found the bag. So. Right. They And, you know, they said, oh, look, human remains. The remains were sent to the office of the Vermont Medical Examiner for autopsy. They found the weapon they believe he used to kill Emily and the saw used to dismember her. So as you said, you can imagine that this trailer was a fucking mess. Oh, God. And here's the thing that blew my mind on this. They went to court the other day and his lawyer entered a plea of not guilty. Yeah. Guess what? Too late. He's he already like, confessed to the police, you idiots. He's like, good luck with that. We got the gun that you shot her. Wasn't me. <laughs> you chopped her up in the shower. Wasn't me. <laughs> nice. Got your confession on camera. Wasn't me. But this motherfucker, he's claiming he's not guilty, even though he confessed to the whole fucking thing to the cops. You know who's really the victim in this is Dog the Bounty Hunter, because he wanted to be looking for this guy. Instead, he just goes up and confesses. Uh, Dog, Dog was there work. for that one, too. He he's was out of like, work. just walking by. <laughs> He's just randomly there. So let's go to Indiana, shall we? Let's do it. This story is truly fucking horrifying. Be careful who you meet on the internet, kids. I'm still not sure I even understand this story. Let's go through well, it. Well, I had to read it a couple of times. Yeah. I got the gist here. Okay. An Indiana woman is facing a f- slew of felony charges after police say a meeting set up on a dating app turned into a nightmarish jealousy-fueled rape and murder scene. Okay. Right there. This is my first question. Okay. So this is all about this Heidi Kathleen Carter. Right. And she should not be the main character of the story. Okay, that's what I was confused by because then I started to read. Okay, so now that we know the headline, this woman arrested <laughs> for rape and murder, right? <laughs> Let's keep that in mind. And now read the story, Vinny. And please explain to me why that was the headline of the story. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> okay. So I guess if we're talking chronologically... It makes sense. Okay. Okay. I, I do things chronologically. I get that. The whole thing began when the 36-year-old woman, Heidi Kathleen Carter, connected with a woman on a lesbian dating app. Okay. I think it's – um. I have no idea what that is. Etsy. I've never used a lesbian dating app. What is it called? <laughs> Etsy. Etsy, yes. <laughs> I believe that's correct. And invited her and the woman's boyfriend to her home. Okay. So the lesbian has a boyfriend. Okay. We'll find out very soon. Heidi Kathleen Carter also has a boyfriend. Right. Now, when the couple arrived at Carter's home, the three of them drank alcohol and took drugs before engaging in consensual sexual activity. So I don't like this part because I need you to be a little bit more specific about the take drugs part. 
Is it meth? Is it Molly? These are very different drugs that you would react to very differently. But I would imagine if you're about to have a threesome, you're either – well, you're a degenerate. Both food. work. Both of those would work. Yes. <laughs> they would both are options. Correct. That n- n- very different ways. Listen. <laughs> listen. If you're thinking about having an orgy on meth or Molly – I mean, I would pick Molly out of those two. I'm just yes, saying. pick the Molly. Pick I'm the Molly 100%. The couple's names are redacted for the police report. But as they were engaging in the sexual activity, Carter's boyfriend, Carrie Hammond, the star of the show, yes. unexpectedly arrived at home and allegedly became upset. Why? Because his girlfriend was getting pounded by this stranger? I believe that was it. Okay. That'll do it. The surviving- That gets some people very upset when they see that. The surviving female victim told investigators that Hammond grabbed a baseball bat and began ruthlessly beating her boyfriend. Yeah. Hammond then restrained the couple using duct tape, beating and abusing them for hours. According to the affidavit, Carter restrained the couple using duct tape, beating them and abusing them for hours as well. She allegedly helped Hammond restrain them and held them at gunpoint. Uh, reportedly threatening to kill the victims, Hammond raped the women several more times while she was restrained. She was there for sex, dude. You didn't could have just joined in. Holy shit! Could have just joined in. I'm sure they'd be like, "Fine, yeah, come on in." Sergeant Gray from the Evansville Police described the scene as gruesome. They said that Carter left the hope for a couple hours, during which time Hammond beat the male victim, reportedly kicking him with steel-toed boots before using a belt to strangle him to death after he saw him trying to escape his restraints. All right, so this is the, the boyfriend murdering yeah. the guy. She went out for takeout. Like She right. went out to go pick up Taco Bell or some shit. Right, which is why I'm confused about this story. All right. So and she lured them. I don't know if that's true. They were all, they're all getting it on. This guy just showed up. They said it was unexpected that he showed up. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that this, K, this Carrie Hammond is really stupid. And she wanted to have her, like, her sex party, right? Who's Carrie Hammond? The boyfriend. The guy who beat everybody to fuck you with the bat. Okay, to got death. it. Got it. Okay. So she's like, Carrie, these people just showed up. They were selling Bibles, and they just started fucking me. I can't believe it. Yeah, right. They did what? And then he just started beating the shit out of them. You know when I read Matthew, I get all hot and bothered. And he's just like, <laughs> hold this gun out of a lot tie him up. And she's like, yes, sir. And she just plays dumb because this guy's obviously a violent, stupid lunatic. Yeah. So she probably blamed the whole thing on them. This guy took all of his anger out on those two poor fucking people. He sure. raped the shit out of this woman. Yeah, yeah, Fucking yeah. killed this guy, beat him to death, stomped his head in with steel-toed fucking boots. Right. And this bitch left the house to go run errands. Well, I mean, they got to get some food eventually. Yeah. So she definitely deserves mentions here. She sucks. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm not a fan of Heidi. I no. just, I, that wasn't my point. Heidi and Carrie. <laughs> Heidi's a problem. Names. So... They also tied and shackled the female victim while the male suspect raped her multiple times throughout the day. Uh, Gray added that Carter told police she only pretended to help Hammond and held the gun on victims to appease him. I, that story checks out to me. I would believe that. So when Carter returned, Hammond had allegedly wrapped the man's body in blankets and moved him into another room in the home. Yep. In a shocking turn of events, police say that Carter... This woman, Heidi, then invited another woman over to help her clean the house mm. in preparation for an impending inspection by the landlord. Ah, yes. So you want to have your friend come over, help you clean up a little bit because you don't want to have any violations. Yep, that makes sense. Yep, yep, yep. Most people don't have a dead body wrapped in blankets just laying around, though. You know what else bothered me about this is they ordered pizza. Yeah. And I, I hate the this- woman cleaned at least two rooms of the house, and then they ordered a pizza. I hate this thing where you think that like you can just buy pizza and people will help you move or clean your house or hide dead bodies. It offers some money. Pizza's not enough. Again, why I'm the people's champ. Just call me, everybody. I'll do lots. I'll do things I'm ashamed of for pizza. <laughs> now, like eat too much pizza. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's a circle. I, I know all about it. All right. So they're eating pizza. That's when the woman allegedly heard a strange noise coming from the bathroom and went to investigate. There the witness made a grisly set of discoveries. I love that from the article. The woman stated she heard a female asking for help and begging to use the restroom. Help. 
help, I have to pee. I've been being raped all day, and I yeah. really have to go. I'm going to get a UTI over here. Help me out. Please. The affidavit states she then went to sit down on what she thought was a pile of pillows and blankets. She found after she sat down that under the blankets was the dead body. She hears this woman begging for help. She doesn't help if she decides I would have finished my pizza and sit down, but she accidentally sits down on the body. On the dead guy. On the dead guy. I don't know that um, Heidi thought this one through all that well. She yeah. could have like put signs up that said off limits, like don't enter or something like that. Yeah. No girls allowed, that type of thing. Yeah. Would have made and a with a boyfriend sense. like Carrie running around, yeah. that means no girls around. <laughs> yeah. Despite Hammond's efforts to prevent her from leaving, the woman was able to flee the home and alert an Indiana State police trooper about what she had seen. Law enforcement officials from multiple agencies were dispatched to the location and surrounded the home. I have audio of her uh, leaving the apartment, by the way. Oh, I'd love to hear it. <laughs> she wanted to get the fuck out of there. Uh, so... Uh, they found her at the home. They arrested her, and they said that when they got there, two juvenile teen daughters were upstairs in the house as well. So they're great parents. Nice. All the way around. Nice. Pizza party. So I still don't know how Heidi killed anyone, and I, I don't think that she was doing the raping either. I don't know why the headline says that she's convicted of murder and rape or arrested for murder and rape, whatever it was. She, well, she's, uh, she's definitely in on the charges. She's an accomplice. Sure. I think they're trying to be with who wrote the article. Not I think me. they're trying to be sensational, Vinny. That's I, what I think it is. Because when you see a woman does something like that, you're like, "Whoa, that's crazy!" And it's like, as she was her boyfriend, and he was in a jealous rage. Like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I've seen that for the course. Yeah, I've read <laughs> yeah. this article before. All right, yeah, so I've read this old chestnut. All right, I'll stop making fun of journalism. Let's move on. All right, final story of this week's scum parade: Washington. Okay, a father was arrested and charged with killing his five-week-old infant son. Yes. Prosecutors say that he spent weeks intentionally inflicting pain and torturing the child until he died. Five weeks old, and he spent <clears throat> weeks torturing him. Yeah. He didn't really give this kid a chance to grow Fight on. back a little bit. You well, know? I mean, like, you would think you'd be like, all right, this is a new relationship. Let's both be on our best behavior. Let's figure this out. This guy's like, I don't like this kid. <laughs> right Not away. even two months. Yeah, he's like. Not even two months. This kid must have come in and just hogged up the titty. Oh, yeah. You know there's a lot of problems going on with that. Yeah. So Jose Rosas Olivio was charged with one count of homicide by abuse and first-degree murder in the death of his son. Now, on September 24th, the victim was pronounced dead at 5.55 a.m., mm-hmm. okay? They took the baby to the hospital. The police were- Jose disp- did. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, the, the baby stopped was, breathing. Yes. They took the baby to the hospital. They found that the baby had, like, a cracked orbital socket- and a crack in his skull. So right. Olivio claims, well, what happened was I woke up at 5 a.m. My son, I didn't see him breathing, so I performed CPR. And the victim and the baby uh, vomited what appeared to be blood. And well, the child's mother was asleep. And well, he claimed yeah, yeah, okay, gotta do it. This that is the best. he dropped his cell phone accidentally and it hit the baby in the head. No further questions. All right. It was an accident. Yeah. We got it. No further questions. Oh, it, so you, uh, you mean your It was iPhone. a one in a million shot. Your iPhone hit the kid in the head and broke his uh, skull. Okay. Yeah. No further questions. Thank you. Yep. Uh, Moving along. We're so sorry for your loss. Sorry for your loss, sir. Should Have we start to go fund me for you? I do or? want to say that they did not arrest him at this time. They're like, all right. We nope. got it. Thank you. So they it start for a second. Well, they did an autopsy, Carl. Uh-oh. That's... And it showed the linear fracture on the right side of the skull. Bleeding under the entire scalp, diffuse subdermal hematoma, multiple anterior and posterior rib fractures to include several that were broken into places. Kids' ribs are very delicate. They break so easily. They bring the dad back in. Yeah, they're like, this is more than just one iPhone landing on him. Did you drop multiple iPhones on him? (laughs) How many iPhones did you drop on this kid? Mr. Olivio. Did you mean an iPad? Yeah. Could it have been an iPad and a laptop? How about, do you have an old CRT monitor laying around? <laughs> Drop I don't know, why. Out of fucking I don't know why I use that accent. We're in Washington State. Yeah, I know. He told the investigators, this is what this guy says. He goes, I tried to be a good father in the first few weeks of my baby's life. All right. Well, A for effort. <laughs> I gave it a few weeks. But at some point, he, quote, no longer cared, end quote, mm. and began intentionally harming the crying baby. Court documents reportedly detailed that Olivio told police that in the beginning he would pull his son's hair and ears in order to cause pain and spake him whenever his diaper was changed, often hitting above the small of his back with a flat hand. 
Joseph stated he understood what he was doing was causing pain. However, stated he was unaware that it would cause injury. So right, well, let's fuck this guy. Yeah, it's odd. that's an odd thing to say. Oh, I, I knew it would like you know hurt for a second is what he's. I guess I was he's just trying, trying to, to say. torture him. I wasn't trying to kill him. You think you could wake me up at all hours? You know, honestly, babies are annoying. All right, and while we can read this and be horrified reading the story, but you and I don't know that baby. Maybe if we did, we'd understand. Maybe we'd be like, yeah, you know what, Jose? I get it, man. This kid sucked. This kid was so annoying. He obviously was not a cool roommate. Well, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we're going back to the baby throwing league. Yes. Because this motherfucker admitted that he found himself throwing his infant son into his crib from a height above his stomach and chest. A live- he reportedly threw the baby so he would rotate in the air like a football. Yes. In a manner. spiral with a five-week-old. In a manner to ensure that the child's head hit the back of the railing or the crib. Jesus Christ. Additionally, they said that the bed and the crib was cluttered with toys and objects that the kid would land on. Can we bring this back for Father's Day? I want to revisit this story. This guy. Oh, and and the, he lives with the mom, oh, too. He's waiting. murder He him. waits for the mom to fall asleep, and then he starts torturing this kid. Murder him. What an asshole. Why is our son crying all night long? I don't know. He's just fussy. She's at Colicky. work trying, just drinking tons of coffee going, but baby, I'm just so thankful that I have Jose. He's just stayed He's up all night the with the baby. Yep. <laughs> Staying up with him, even though he cries all through the night. Uh, he allegedly said that he squeezed the boy every day and oftentimes with force so hard that his shoulders would hurt. His the- shoulders would hurt by squeeze. So in other words, the, yeah. the, the, all the broken rib cage bones, all the broken ribs, uh, that was because this guy squeezed like, oh, shut the fuck up, you motherfucker, stop fucking crying. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. You're being very I'm bad. not saying he should have done it, but I understand. At least once the child stopped breathing for a period of time, Olivia reportedly said he would wait for the baby's mother to fall asleep, like you said, <laughs> before he would start this abuse. He is being held on a $500,000 He's like, bond. stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. <laughs> this little five-week-old. Oh, it's so fucking awful. This guy fucking murder him, please. All right. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I'm good with it. I'm good with that. I don't think Washington State has a death penalty, though, if I was to guess. <sighs> I have a feeling they'll be like, oh, what's let him out in five weeks? I'll get it, please. <laughs> cool. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's this week's Creep Off. Thanks for listening. Please vote this week. We really appreciate it. Thecreepoff.com. And also, uh, make sure that you follow the show on Twitter and Instagram. We're having lots of fun over there at CreepoffPod. Carl, anything you want to say? Yeah. Did we talk about how we just did a bonus episode? We did another uh, scum stream. We certainly did. We had a silly old time on that one. We didn't did. We? That was a lot of fun. We talked about Alec Baldwin, and uh, we had a lot of fun on that. So wah, that's patreon.com slash the creep off. If you want to subscribe for as low as $5 a month, get all of our old bonus shows plus the two bonus episodes we put out every single month. Yes, and we have a new one coming. The poll is going up today. Oh, good. We want your nominations for Hall of Fame. Let's get it. Let's get another Hall of Famer in there. we got to keep inducting these people. Giddy up and uh, leave a voicemail, 585-371-8108. It's nice to be important. It's more important to be nice. Gagia. My friend have committed a crime. Who's that old guy over there? Uncle Paul, Uncle Paul, with the creepy old guy staring. Uncle Paul, the candy man can. Wasn't he? What an asshole! Back to Houston, Houston, Houston.